Welcome to The Hack, the straight-talking smart tech podcast where we discuss the ever-changing world we live in today. It's time to start thinking differently. So tune in and buckle up for some home truths as Hull and East Yorkshire's very own digital tech experts talk transformation and change, focusing on people, process and technology. We're back. Yeah, we're we certainly back. are. Yeah, not like we haven't started recording multiple times today, have we? Nah. No, but we're on it this time, aren't we? Game first. We're not. We're not stopping now. No, that's it. Whatever happens, no, no more errors or outtakes. We're just, oh. going, we're just going in one go. Yeah, it's in one go. Yeah. This one, hundred X, it's a good one. Multiplying the magic, the magic ball. And let's just be precise. On this session was all about effectively identifying how you can communicate to others skills that you've got or look at the organisation like sales three how can we multiply our skills to other people and let, yeah. let them learn so that, yeah. that's the session today yeah. so we've been looking at it thought we'd jump in have a bit of a uh, a bit of a conversation around this and I was going to kick off in terms of so the giant platform is all about understanding yourself learn to lead yourself and you can lead others yep yeah. and it's all about understanding yourself first like we mentioned so it's about what sort of superpowers do we think we all have, but linking into that a little bit more in terms of us being at times we all can do things that we're competent at it, but we don't know how we're competent at it. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah. perfect. Sense. Do you want to add to that? Because anyone listening thinking, what on earth is he on about? How can you be good at something, competent at it, but be unconsciously unconscious of how you're competent about it? I think when you're unconsciously good at something, you do it without thinking, so you just do it. But actually, transferring that to somebody else as well, we've got to have a skill. We've got to understand the other person's skills to be able to transfer the magic from yourself to somebody else effectively. He's on it, isn't he? Yeah. I like it. He's on it, I like it. And yeah. I think it links back into that, doesn't it? We keep everything nice and simple. It's about skills, habits and behaviours. So linking into that, what do you think your own sort of superpower is or your own, your own magic? So with me being a guardian, I like processes. I think I'm very good at following, like yourself, you're a, I'm really good at driving something forward. Once once it's down on paper and once I understand it, I can drive and I've got due diligence to drive that process forward. Yeah, um, and, do, and develop it. So yeah, so and you're out. a bit quicker than me sometimes. No, not always, but because we all have our own different skills. Yeah. I think linking into that, I think my super skill is connecting people, bringing yeah. people together to solve problems. Yeah. And then I have a, a skill where I can see things before they're even, they've even happened. And what I mean by that is, let's take Andy's Man Club, we always use that as a good example when there were six of us, I always knew there'd be hundreds of clubs. Yeah. So I was always thinking about build everything we was doing there was always about can we be intentional in our time when we're building a process there because the process we're gonna have here can be multiplied to other Go, places. And going back to that process, I remember the early meetings that we had and we was doing these meetings every month to see where we was going, how we're gonna get there. And then processes that we had then was probably advanced for the six that was there. But when we look at them processes now and what we do now, it was all for a reason, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Oh, and it's grown. Yeah, it, and, and, but it comes back that, that. So then we jump into that with Dean. What would you say your sort of super skill is around, around that? So I'm a nature and I mean, being unconsciously competent at some of the stuff I do, driving a car in it when you're doing your lessons. I remember doing my lessons thinking, how the hell do you steer? Get to a roundabout, check your mirrors, do the indicator, and do everything at once. And then when you pass, it's just 
becomes habit. Yeah, it's a good example. You, you naturally do it without even thinking. Some of them tasks I do now are things like, I like dealing when customers have got problems. People seem to hit a brick wall, but I like that conflict resolution. I like dealing with people. So like personal relationships, conflict resolution, organising and planning. I enjoy them bits. That's what I feel I'm naturally good at by default. Um, I don't seem to put effort into it. I just seem to do it naturally. Um, and I like things where if somebody's not happy... Why aren't they happy and what do we need to do to make them happy, whether that's a customer or a member of staff? I like them bits. That's yeah, the, yeah. I like the, the personal side of stuff. Yeah, and I think linking into that, because I work with, with the barrier, I think different skills from the barrier in terms of Dean's really good at seeing a problem with people before there is a problem with people, just from their emotions and how they feel. Sometimes even he can spot these problems with other people and neglect himself. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to bring harmony and balance, don't you? It's a yeah. unique skill. And then yourself, being a guardian, you have due diligence. So if I've come up with a, a mad or crazy idea like we're at the man club, let's open a suicide prevention charity in Hull. And when you think about it logically and we roll back, if I'd have been a guardian like yourself, and exp- you, you came as a user of the club, didn't you, at yep. first, right? Yep. So it was never delivered to you like that. It was like, come here, we're going to do this thing. But if I'd have come to you and said, we're going to open a suicide prevention charity, we're going to open it all to other men coming in to us and... We're going to look after their mental health and create a safe space for them to talk. Your first response would have been, How are we going to do that? Yeah. I had trained to do it. You'd have been like, Liam Nielsen, I've taken. Yeah. I will find you. I will. He would sit and grill me and do the dual dealing. Scott's got that unique skill as well. And ask all them awkward questions around loads of stuff that we didn't know. But when you're building something what's never been built before or doing something new, you need. Sometimes you can go from your from a process up, of course you can, but some you need visionaries to come in and go, we're going to go down this, but I knew you was there anyway, and we'd fix it as we go along. We'd well, build I, me- it. I remember us yeah. having early morning walks, and we'd go through the process of what we was going to do, and Leon had his vision of going forward like he does with everything, and I was grilling him because I wanted to know the process, and, yeah. the system, and I would be there, and he, sometimes he'd just go, trust me. Yeah. And I did. Uh, and I've and it, it does, before. and it just, tr- trust me, and I did, and it all worked out, and then it got to a point where I trust him, and then I trust myself, and the more it's gone down the line, the more I trust myself, the more I have yeah. confidence, because he used to have a vision saying, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this, and I was thinking, now I do, yeah, and that's over years, isn't it? Yeah, over years of doing it, and I think, same with yourself, and I think it links back into when, when we look at the framework, and I think it's a fantastic framework when we, go, when yeah. we look at this. Multiplying the magic. So it's that saying, so what is that magic, that unconscious competence skill you've got in something, right? So it first starts with documenting it, you know, what that is, so unpacking it. And when we look at that, unpacking it, I remember when we first started working together, more formally, if you like, because if, if you think back to that, walking that tightrope of informal time and, and formal time, yeah. I used to pop in now and again and it wasn't really formal, but then we started doing level 10s and other bits. And when we worked together fully and we came in the business, I remember uh, we was your magic skill used to be fixing kit, didn't it? Yeah. What, what you thought. Yeah. But we'd seen, you know, Scott and myself had seen that you've got far more to, to offer the business and the customers by the unique skill you have. Mm-hmm. So we had to get you to transfer your skills and your magic of fixing things to other lads. But explain tools we did and you got through that. Yeah, that was probably the hardest transition I've done. I couldn't ever picture myself not fixing stuff, but I was just transitioning to another role of 
still doing the same thing, but talking to the customers and fixing their pains, still with technology, but making sure that there's a team underneath me to be the hands-on to fix them issues. I'm there to talk to the customer, find the pain, and then get the guys to fix it. But yeah, to do it, it took a lot of work because traditionally there was only a few of us before, obviously Leon joined the organisation. It was, everything was in our heads. We fixed things out of habit, unconsciously competent, would just a, a problem would come in, we'd fix it. What we had to start doing was documenting what we was fixing, repetitive problems all the time. So it was like, we're getting this issue all the time. Let's document how we fix it. What do we need to do to get rid of this problem coming in? And we worked together, did we? It took years. Four years. years now. And we're, still, we're still doing it. Yeah, and we st- yeah, we still do it now to the point where I very rarely get stuck into to the hardware side of things unless there's yeah. a need to. But yeah, a lot of, I wouldn't say pain, it's just a lot of hard work of putting the right procedures and processes in place to make sure that we've got a team underneath us that can take them tasks away we've got what we didn't think about at the time which i didn't think about at the time is i thought i was the quickest and the best to do that task but as we grew i understand that there's people out there this platform particularly opened you up to see different people's mindsets and what skills they've got and by doing this i thought actually that person's going to be miles better at so doing that task than i am so we do that process, pass that to that user, and off they go. And it's we've seen to have got a bit of a conveyor belt of people doing different tasks. In but, different but what areas. they I think the key bit on that is things that they actually enjoy. Things they enjoy, yeah, yeah. There's tasks I've hated doing, but I've just done them because I've done them out of habit. And then there's somebody else coming who's actually once we've documented it, not can only do it better than me, but actually enjoys doing that task. So I'm like, why didn't I get rid of this task earlier? And I think linking into that, I think for anyone listening, any leaders, business owners leading or even employees, once you understand your highest and best use or, you know, your own magic or your super skill, trying your hardest to work in that, that, that percentile of 70% of your time should be doing that or what we call your highest and best use. Yeah. And 30% of your time should be doing the stuff like, you, it's not your highest and best use, but you've got to do it. So like your expenses, your timesheets, your, whatever it needs to be, your admin. But a good example is, back to that visionary, and I see it, we do a lot of workflow automation and digitization, don't we? Um, digital transformation pieces. And my skill is seeing the future. And then I get really interested at learning about processes and then looking and researching technology that can fix it. I just love it. Just I could do it all day, every day, right? Don't feel like it's work. But where I'm really poor is the guardian piece, like UXR, is putting that down into a process and don't know I can do it because I'm dyslexic and I have to have processes. So I can do it, but it takes me so much brain power. I like to be able to go map it out, find all the resources, find all the training, find all the people who can do it and help it, draft out the process, and then use my connector skills of communicating that to somebody and supporting them to do it. Whereas I used to, for years, think, I've learned it all, I've wrote the process, so I'll just go do it. But it used to take me for ages, and I'm better when someone comes back to me and goes, we've done that process, but we can't make it work. With it a brick wall, and then I'll go find someone and yeah. try and explain that how, how that works. Yeah, it, it's you do it quite well. I, I, I think we've got various tasks and little mini projects going on at the minute where you took them on and we're thinking how we're going to get this rolled out. But you think where you're good at, you're good at gathering all that information from because you're a connector. There's I've come to you with problems before, and you're just like actually, let me reach out to so and so, and you come back and you've got all this information, but you piece it all together quite nicely, which then. Gives us a platform to work off, which helps us resolve problems. But I think where I'm trying to get better at that. You're getting miles, but you're a million times better. But people... You're doing it today. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like the the mindset of me when I was an engineer was if I can't fix it, I've hit a brick wall. 
where sometimes you just need that person like Leon where you go to him and somehow, because it's in your nature, you're a connector, you have avenues to go to pull in different resources. There's a thing called Belbin's Team Roles, if anyone's heard of it, you guys are old, heard yeah. of it? Yeah. Um, it's like, I can't remember how old it is, but I remember learning, and this is one of the things where I started, to, and Giants built fundamentally on, on these sort of, there are all these theories linked back to the same sort of thing. Well, Belbin's Team Roles is all about, we have different people who have got different skills, and he takes it on a bit more of a deeper level than this in terms of, they have one called a plant, right? And a plant is someone where you, if you're stuck, you go to them, because they're very creative and they can come up with lots of different ideas and they love problem solving, right? But there's only times you use a plant because they can make problems out of problems out of problems. So, like, for example, why do you lock me away in this, this room? Yeah, because of that reason. Because I make problems, right? Yeah. But I had to recognise that in myself and Scott yeah. recognised it, so you guys know that you keep me away and you bring me into play. But on the flip side, yeah. it's understanding that if you've got someone who's a guardian and you go give them a problem that needs to connect to loads of people and be extroverted and challenging and... and it's not going to be the best thing. So if I said to you, Paul, you need to go fix something you've never fixed before and go connect to all these people, what, how would you feel about that? Oh, I wouldn't be I won't be cool at all with that. I just wouldn't be able to do it because I have to, I'm very, I'm not cool in something that I don't, I need to know the process. You like to be competent, don't you? I like to be competent, yeah. yeah I like to be competent. But in the last year, I've actually come on leaps and bounds with a load of different stuff. And when you talk about asking people and finding resources, and I've had to do that in multiple times over the last 14 months, which has actually been really good for me because I was brought up at some time, like Dean said about his managerial, if he couldn't solve something, he a brick wall. I don't mind asking now. Uh, different yeah. people look, can you help me do this? Can Because nobody knows everything. Nobody knows everything. So you have to just get over yourself sometimes and just... Go and ask somebody because there's cleverer people out there than you and it'll enhance your business then. Yeah, do it. and I think it's learning that. And I think the hard bit is understanding that transferring skills for the people is amazing once you get your head around it. And it, I, I have Andy's man club to thank for that because and I think it was because it was what we do is so vital and life-saving. When I started to think about the magnitude of what we was doing, it was all about if I can't open the doors on Monday and some a man turns up and wants to use it and he takes his own life because I ain't open the doors on a Monday there's a huge consequence for my actions so I thought what well, due diligence we need to document everything we need and it the vision was always for me how can this organization in Hull run without me and then what started to happen from a risk point of view I started thinking what if Paul don't can't turn up what if the original people who found it with us what if all of them can't turn up so we need to train a backup plan and a backup plan and we did that really early yeah. on yeah we did and then you think about it in your role now so just explain to people who might not know what you're doing now for it. You're on business, think mental health, doing first aid training. Yeah. But you're also doing another role within so, Andy's Man Club, aren't you? Yeah, so my role with Andy's Man Club's changed. So I'm actually now project development champion. Actually an official employee. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I look after 17 clubs all around Yorkshire and right up the East Coast, right up to Scotland. And interestingly, though, because I'm a director of it, he's now under me now, isn't he? Imagine yeah, that. How's yeah. that worked? How's that, how's that? I don't know. I didn't know that. So now we have to use this. You have to use this framework with no, it. No, but interesting. Don't no, be pointing to me at all. No, but, but, the, but the irony of it of we both started out as volunteers. And it's amazing because I, I see the effort and the time Paul's put into Andy's Man Club. Incredible the work he's done. But what really excites me, and I've always seen this, is you love teaching and training. Yeah. 
So yeah. when you talk about apply, so if we look at this applying the magic, it says there's four areas that we've got to be intentional to multiply the magic, right? Yeah. And it says you want number one is informing, so that's consistency of inspiring people and being yeah. effective. And you can have when you're informing people, it's a bit like our level ten. We have a section that we're just informing, don't we? Yeah. And it, it can have multiple people. So you know, you think of like your town hall meetings, you call them. Yeah. You can use Google Meet. Massive companies are doing quick stand-up town hall meetings or it can be quite quick It can informing, right? Yep. Then you've got training. That's like focusing on connection with people and proper deep diving into the processes. And they're saying that you can only have between 30, 13 and 70 people learning, which is crazy. But think about that logically, and you'll know this more. Online, yes, you can have more people training, but the power of feedback. And do you want to add about that in terms of training? Yeah, because we've just, in the last few months, we've... Um, partnered up with a company that was with quadruple their mental health first aiders around the globe, which I'm really proud of. And but we did it via online, and the feedback you get back is great, but it's not as good as one to one in a room. And um, because of the online and people are in different countries, and but it's absolutely fantastic. So we've trained them. So there've been like thirty to a hundred people on there. And obviously trying to get round as many people in a certain amount of time is really hard. So when you go to coaching and it's a smaller amount of people, you seem to get a better interaction. You get, it's more powerful because you've got more time. People can express themselves more. People can interact with you more. And the culture and the actual, the power of the room by doing it with a smaller amount of people so they can interact is just immense. I think that's what I always find quite interesting as well because the challenge of our level 10 meeting we do, we try and do a bit of informing. Sometimes we might do a little bit of training in there, but we don't have the coaching side of it for the real deep collaboration and accountability. You think them little, you just mentioned, I'm running a couple of little spin-off projects, I? but what I'm actually doing, Dino, is I'm realising that some skills I've still got are on certain processes within the business where I need to transfer them. Yeah. They've got to go away from me and we need to develop the other team. So the only way I can do that is coach another team and, and jump in on one-to-ones. But rather than trying to do it to many, I can pick out the different skills. And I'm already noticing the different skill sets between them and how they can work and we can get more deep in more depth. But underneath that, again, we have what, what we call apprenticeship. So the capacity, the scalability and the influence, right? So you'll have seen that from what we've done when we came into the business Originally, you, we were trying. You, know, you were trying to recruit people who already had the skill set, but the problem was you and Scott. The way you were delivering your service, you were delivering something that's never been done the way you guys were delivering it. So, trying to bring people in to deliver something that you thought because they had a CV, they said they could fix a computer or they had the Microsoft certification, they still didn't have the special sauce that you and Scott had because Scott's the techie in, in out and out. You was a techie, but you really cared about the people, so you built yeah. this really unique customer service offering. And the only way to train that is by bringing apprentices, apprentices yeah. in at the level, get them understanding it, and then we go on to coaching, then we go on to training, then we go on to informing. Does that make sense? Got yeah. that. So anything else you want to add on that in terms of... So in, in my past life and in production, so I, I was 30-odd years in production in a, in a big processing factory, and we used to do, like, apprentice, what, one to three... One to three delegates at a time. So we did watch me, I'd watch them, and then we'd go back and forth until they got that process, and then we'd sign off and then move on to the next thing. We didn't really coach or train. 
Um, it's more one-to-one process. It's ever since I've left that industry that I've moved on to the informing where we've done like we've done workshops to 140 people at once and 200 people next month it's 600 so frightening but we're gonna do it good and training coach we've done that all levels now so yeah they all have the benefits some as some are not so good as others in my opinion but I think they're all effective. Yeah, it's different means and different modes. Yeah, exactly. I think we've been a little bit busy because holidays and we had our proper catch-ups, our leadership catch-ups, many our coaching catch-ups. But again, part of the reason I've been doing the one-to-ones with some of the guys on these little projects is I've picked some coaching opportunities, problems we've got within the business, but using it as a formal time. Because what I realised when we did the session on informal versus formal time, you were saying you was bad on the formal side. I looked at it and thought, I'm actually dreadful when I look at it. I did an inventory of, I spend formal time with yourself, don't yeah. I? I spend formal time yeah. with Scott. And I started realising that because I am locked in here and I am keeping out of the way, even though you guys do a de- delegate me pro- projects, I was trying not to meddle in yeah. there. But actually, with the new, we've made Kieran senior level two and it teamed yeah. us, up this team lead and things like that. Started speaking to Kieran, he's like, with certain skills you've got. So he said, just start booking a monthly meeting and get a project plan together. Yeah. And then when I was reading this and doing the training on the multiplying the magic, I thought, what I'm going to do is, you've always said to me, you struggle around how you're doing it. So I thought, well, what would be a real good, if we look at it, you know, inspirational or effective, I was going to try and come up with an effective way I could do it for the team and communicate that effectively. And then I was going to teach you that same process with yeah. the document. And that's what you've seen. And I think yeah. it's just trying to be intentional and when we say the word inspirational, what I take from it, I don't know what you guys take, is I think it's just, I've got a theory that we're all scared. You've heard me discuss this many times at the man club. So in terms of you know, people who turn up through the dark man club are scared to walk through the door, aren't they? Yeah. They're scared to talk about their, their mental health. They're scared to be vulnerable, aren't they? Their anxiety really kicks in because yeah. of the unknown. But I believe we're all born with that in terms of, we all want to look good. We don't want to save face, don't we? Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. In life, to learn any new skill, you know, when we talk about the pit of despairing, when you realise that you're unconsciously incompetent at something, it's like a really lonely place to be. So I think as leaders, back into our one unique skill, I think all leaders need to have, is to inspire other people to have hope. And number one, have hope that they can have a go and try, because we have to try these things, don't we? Like that story you were talking about when you just mentioned you come back off order with the kids. You're watching Dougie develop, learn to walk, fall over. Yeah. We have to make it safe for our staff to be able to develop and fall over and make mistakes. We've been working on our vision statement, haven't we, at the moment? Yep. And part of that vision statement is, I'm just going to paraphrase because we're still working it, but we want a customer service vision statement so that if anyone new joins the business... What is it we do in a sentence or paragraph? And also, if a customer asks what it is it we do, what is it we do in a sentence and paragraph? And what we started, we did a session where we all asked, what are five things in five words sum up? If people's thinking about ThinkCloud, what words would we want them to use? Right? Then we did like a sound cloud so we could see how big these words was, and then we used them words within like a, a vision statement. And we said what it was, we can't promise that technology will break or fail, and we can't promise that we... We'll always get it because we'll make mistakes. We're humans, right? But what we can promise is that should the worst happen or something go wrong, we're going to rise to the occasion. And when you look at that, you're like, well, what does that mean? Why have you come? One of our values, we want to be honest, right? And I don't believe anyone, everyone makes mistakes. Now, in what we do, we really don't want to make mistakes. But then you hear processes like the five whys, the Titanic sank. Yeah. People think it, it, sank, it sank because of an iceberg. It didn't. It's because one of the rivets weren't welded so, you know, enough, right? 
But they only discovered that because the five whys. In IT, it's always breaking. Things are always going wrong. And it's all about best endeavours and, and trying to continually improve, like you mentioned, trying to fix things. So that's my take on that, that we're all scared and we need to inspire people to actually, one, have a go get things wrong so they can learn. But what would you say? To I think for me, I think where I have grew as a leader is, you'll probably agree with this, is that I used to hold, as I was transitioning out of my role into a leader from fixing things, I held people's hands too much underneath me. So although I was not fixing things, I was maybe telling people and walking them through how to fix things, but not really letting them think for themselves. And that put more burden on me because they knew if there was a problem, they'd just come to me anyway. So I was still fixing it. I was just telling them how to fix it. And I think that helped me take a little bit of a step back, reflect on how I'm coaching things. I thought they're not getting the best out of themselves or me by doing this. It was understanding the best way to coach people. Yeah, um, which is hard, isn't it? Which is really hard, yeah. And this platform's helped me do that just by looking at different people's mindsets. So... Like one of the engineers I work alongside with hates classroom teaching. So I had to sit one to one and spend time like, right, this is customer A, this is the site. Now we've got drawings of layouts of customers' sites. I could have sat there all day showing him a drawing and he would not take it in. So it was like, well, actually, let's book in some one to one time. We'll go to the site. I'll walk you around it. So visually, he's taking that information in. And it's just things like that, which I've picked up on. Some people prefer for me to create a document and then they go off and read it in their own time and then they'll come back. It's just understanding how people learn, I think. Yeah, uh, that's one thing. I and think that's one thing the giant platform allows you to do. It does, yeah. yeah. And I think when you evaluate what this session's trying to do, it's, it's about how are you managing them, them expectations? Are you drafting up some of what good looks like? Is the outcomes, what behaviours do people need to have? And I always remember, tell the story, if you do remember it, when you were saying to me, I want to be... I want to run my own business. And you was like, can you help me run your own business? And I was like, it's going to be really hard, but there's going to be certain things that are non-negotiables that you need to And I said, yeah, one of the things I do, it's just a one, one habit, one behaviour that I do on a Sunday night that I got taught to set my week up. And, and you've been doing it for years yourself now, haven't you? Yeah, I have. And, and when you first did it, you didn't take notes, you didn't do anything. And you was like, bloody hell, this is hard. But Yeah. So I do my journal every Sunday night and I absolutely love doing it now. I plan my week ahead. Um, I have my three big rocks that I need to go out each week because you know yourself, I was the world champion procrastinator. So I used to do 30 other jobs and think I was really busy. But the three big things was probably the ones that would enhance my, biz enhance my business more, but those are the hardest things to do. Do you remember that walk when your one big thing was open a bank account, wasn't it? Yeah. And how long, how many months was it to open a bank account? Six. Six months? <laughs> six, yeah. And one of the one of the hardest things I ever did from a because when you're coaching someone, what they say is you're not meant to give them the answers. And I'm trying to help coach, and I've read this book about coaching. I'm thinking, I just need to tell him. And I'm going, what's your big thing? He's like, I can't get the business. I can't start a business with this. And the penny dropped, didn't it? Yeah, the penny dropped, and yeah, and like I say, I do attack my big goals now. I journal every Sunday, and I do my CRM every Friday, and I keep that up to date because it, it's. If you don't keep on top of little admin tasks, and I used to think that I'll put them aside because the biggest things was do, going out and doing other stuff, but actually that's crucial because that keeps you on track. And people who don't know what the CRM is, it's a sales tool that you put, you, you, you run the business yourself. Yep. So if you're not selling, you haven't got a business, have you? But you yeah. love delivering, you absolutely love delivering, don't you? Yeah, I love delivering. I love being out there. I love meeting people, and that's my... 
I think that's my magic where I like to be in front of people and I love talking to people and the interaction. Yeah, that's what I love. So actually sitting down and doing the admin and the CRM and like building the quotes, building the quotes. The quotes done. Done. And that's where yeah. you two are quite similar. I'm yeah. the same. You need a quote to get the business and you need to have documents to have a business. And but I was always concentrating on the other bits because I didn't like that because it was a little bit too hard. And then I always answer to people that I saw. I used to have like quarterly meetings with Scott and Leon and what you done with this, what you done with that. So yeah, it keeps me on track though. Even though I'm by myself, even though I'm, I do keep myself on track and I do keep myself accountable because I've got a good support network around me that don't let me keep my feet on the ground. I keep my feet on the ground. No, but I think ultimately what this is about, and so to wrap up on this session really, is one, it's about discussing this with your team. So yeah. you, I'm going to take this back into your team. We, we're discussing yeah. it because we are a team ourselves, aren't we? Yeah. But also, can you... And I'm taking you a task. Can you implement this with you know, multiplying some of your magic to other people? So, for example, you're already doing this with a man club at the moment. Yeah. But it's about being really intentional around this. Yeah. You're doing it yourself, aren't you, as well yeah. at the moment? And you've seen me start to do it with the yeah. projects I'm doing. But the other key on this as well is don't forget to try this at home. And, and with the kids, with the wife, because it, it, it applies there. And I think it is so true at times. I did it where... My wife's always done budgets and bits like that, and it wasn't until I'd use one of these sessions, and she absolutely hates doing it. And I, I, I don't mind doing it. I just thought she enjoyed doing it, but she so we just swapped that back off her, which I never, I'd never thought yeah. that. I thought she enjoyed doing, in, but she didn't like it. But yeah. the problem is, when I look back, I've handled massive multiple million pound budgets, haven't I? Yeah. So managing a home budget, budgets, yeah, I just. It, but we all have different skills, yes. don't we? Yeah, and and different perceptions and, and different things. So it's just understanding that, where we can apply that, who, who can do it and multiply that more. But any sort of final take-homes, any bits? No, I think mine take-home, just what you mentioned then, I might, we're implementing this into our team in here, out there as well, with, on the floor with the guys who are doing it. I think I might try it at home as well. Give it a go. Yeah, I think it's been a real good one, this one. And I think transferring your skills to other people is crucial because sometimes I've been in industries where... Knowledge was power and people didn't share, but the business didn't grow either. In the chokehold, that thing. And they yep. get in the chokehold, yeah. So we've got to sh- we've got to share our magic because everybody's got a set of skills, and if we share them, then life's good in it. Yeah, and I think it was King Solomon who said this: "What's been before will be again. Nothing is new or original." To paraphrase, right? Yep. And I think, yeah, we all have our u- unique skills, but for me, knowledge is power. Yeah, and you know. All the books you read, and they're, they're all, you, you've heard that phrase, stand on the shoulders of the giants. It means that someone's always come up with something. Like I mentioned, Belbin's team roles. We've got yep. giant. There's always someone developing something else and feeding back, and that's how we become yep. better, smarter, faster, stronger together. So that's going to be me checking out. I've really enjoyed this one, boys. Yeah, I loved it. Paul checking out. And that's Dean checking out. Latent plug. Think differently about your business IT. Let's face it, it's impossible to grow a business without digital technology. Now more than ever, with everything going on in the world right now, businesses are struggling to manage, protect and work in the cloud. Transform your business IT with expert support from ThinkCloud. Learn how the most successful businesses in your sector consistently generate up to 20% higher revenues at 30% lower costs. You've come this far. You got this. Check out www.think-cloud.co.uk and book a call today.